On today's episode, we talk to our relationship expert, Tina Brigley. We have music from the Young Goats, and we talk to our journalism buddy, Nathan Karras, is down with us on today's episode of the NG Podcast. Jacob's research is awful. Picking dodgeball players, I'm picking the kids that can throw the ball. Uh, I just blew LeBron. I don't care what team. Okay. No, it's okay. They did a broadcast this morning. I had like one viewer. Good job, guys. (laughs) That was me again. Should we ever see a cover of Eddie Murphy's Party All Time? But this is the Lions we're talking about. So anything's possible. Kicker, long snapper. (laughs) Nobody else matters, right, Darren? (laughs) Not to me. Not to me. It's top five time. Top five Wow. Did you really say that this congeniality is better than the blind side? I, I say she dressed like a hooker. This is at a diner. You know, show some respect, show some class, and just don't be a bunch of dummies. See, I think there are other better gangster movies than Scarface. For God's sakes, look at your goddamn boots. For God's sakes, stop the girl roots. Welcome, everyone, to episode three season two of the adg podcast i'm your co-host darren and i'm jacob and we have a fantastic show where we have not one but two interviews today jake i think that's a first for our show i'm excited oh we've done two we've done two we've done two before we've done two we've done Uh, uh, done so many i know just just one big blur but but we have we definitely have a great show coming up uh before but before we get all to the good stuff we gotta talk sports jake yeah, because it's not not good stuff. It's kind of shit. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Sports were shit this we'll, weekend. We'll, we'll get to the shitty part first. Across the fucking board was, was shit. Yeah. So For me, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, we'll start in college football. Michigan State took care of business, played uh, against Western Michigan. That was no surprise there. So they're 2-0. and But the big story, one of the big stories this weekend was Michigan squeaking by like Barely squeaking by Army. That's it's right. Embarrassing. Army. Did you know Army had a football team? Because I didn't. I did. This actually supposed to be pretty good these seasons. <laughs> I, this I season. guess so. Uh, but uh, but Army is very one dimensional. They just run the ball, 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 and that's exactly what they did. And by God, they almost beat Michigan, which would which would be, I think, a bigger upset than Appalachian State beating them. Yeah, uh, I watched the game, and yeah. it was just embarrassing. Like, Michigan couldn't do anything. No. They didn't, they didn't use their weapons. They didn't throw the ball over the place. Uh, quarterback looks lost. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on with this damn program. Yeah, Army's solid, but they're not great. No. Especially, like, well, you being a Michigan State, uh, Michigan fan, Jake, like, how much of a blame does this go on Harbaugh? Harbaugh takes all the blame. This is his yeah. players. He he brought over. These yeah. are he's calling the plays. He's doing everything. So yeah. you have to execute his plan. You know he brought players that can't execute. Well, get players that can. They're exactly. Not, you know they're it, not utilizing his best players. Well, that's on him because he's calling the plays. Like it, what do you want it, me to it, do? Exactly. Especially like at the end when they were celebrating with the crowd, I would run off that field so yeah. fast. Like, What'd you win? What did they you win exactly? Stole that game. You what stole did they win? That game. They didn't win anything. They didn't win. It was anything. embarrassing. They actually went down two spots to number ten in, in the oh, in the latest. They shouldn't. They pool. shouldn't be. They should not be in the top 20, 25 even. Yeah. They should not. After so they that, went, no way. Yeah. So they went from number seven in, in the country to number ten. 
on a win and overtime against the army. So that's a, that's a whole other story. Um, so Michigan is good luck against Wisconsin next. I, uh, yeah, think, no. I think, I think they're going <laughs> to suffer their first loss there. I think so. It's going to be close. Yeah, exactly. Unless something changes that I don't know about, then yeah, it's, it's going to be one of the loss column. Unless maybe, maybe they start a different quarterback. Maybe they, they Ooh, that would be nice. You know, maybe they start, you know, uh, approaching offensive plays differently. I don't know, but they have their work cut out for for them against uh, Wisconsin. But uh, from football to some tennis, we talked about tennis last week on the ADG podcast. Jake was making fun of me for watching tennis, <laughs> whatever. And I knew uh, you're going to talk tennis this time around, so I'm not exactly. drinking coffee. I'm so switching to something more potent. <laughs> there you go. So uh, big shout out, big congratulations to Bianca Andrescu for being the first Canadian male or female to win uh, a major title in tennis for Canada. So big shout out to her. Congratulations. It was a thrilling match going up against, honestly, the best tennis player in the world, a living legend in Serena Williams and and and. Uh, and 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 taking her all the way to the limit, but beating her in three in uh, two sets, that was pretty impressive. Especially if you watch the if you watch the match, there was that there was that moment where Serena would start getting momentum. The crowd was into it. It was pretty much Bianca versus the entire United States of America, but she pulled through. So, congrats to her. Uh, she is now ranked the fifth best player in the world based on that uh, win. At the U.S. Open, that's not bad. I was that's watching. Uh, I, I saw on Facebook. I, I don't watch tennis because yeah. it's nonsense to me. But <laughs> there was a lot of uh, my, people that are my friends list yeah. that that were rooting for Serena. Yeah, I'm like a bunch of Canadians. I'm like, well, that's cool. That's uh, whatever. Do do exactly. what you gotta do. But yeah, it, it was weird. I'm like, who watches tennis unless it's important? <laughs> whatever. Well, ob- obviously, it's important. You know, there, there's people that don't. Well, perfect example. The people that watch the Olympics once every four years. We don't care hey, hey, about. Hey. No, no, I care about the Olympics. You okay? Really, okay. Care Jake about cares about the Olympics. Okay, says the, the majority... guy that watches anything Italy team involved in the Olympics or you know, any other I, sport. I, I, Who was I, the guy I, watching tennis with one Italian player unknown hey, in the hey. tournament? <laughs> I didn't know it. I just turned it on and it was it was uh, it was in like overtime. I'm like, oh, okay. That, this that's is a lie. That was scheduled viewing. Oh, uh, maybe not. Uh, but probably right. Um, so, so yeah. So I, you know what? I think it was just a Canadian moment, you know, that was shared by everyone. You know, it was great to see, you know, a Canadian win the U.S. national title. You know, you know, we could have won a Wimbledon title, but that wouldn't mean much. But to do it on American soil, that's just, yeah, right. W- way to go, right there. Well, Darren, that's that's yeah. all good and all, but my question is. If yeah. it's that significant, are we going to see this moment pasted all over the new Tim Hortons cup? <laughs> Probably. I think she. <laughs> I think she has earned a Tim Hortons cup, just like Sean Mendez uh, earned it. I'm just asking. It's it's I a valid know. point in our history. Yeah, exactly. Oh, if, if for Canadian sports history, without a doubt, without a doubt. Because there we I, go. I, I, exactly. So big, big thumbs up to there, uh, to Bianca. Way to go. We're all proud of you. Uh, but Jake. Mm-hmm. What was Sunday? Sunday was the beginning of the National the Football League. Beginning of season. the end. <laughs> but, 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 but before we talk about our favorite team, 
let's talk about some NFL news. And you cannot script a movie, a TV show, uh, uh, an after-school special. What what happened between the Oakland Raiders and Antonio Brown? It, th- yeah. This thing started on Friday when he released the video of a call between him and co- head coach John Gruden. About so it's like we love you, AB. We want you to be here. He's like, I want to be here too. And then he takes a photo and posts it up on Instagram of a, a letter from General Manager Mike Mayock, uh, informing him that he's been fined for missing practice and miss, missing a walkthrough. And uh, and so he says in this social media post that whatever, I'm just gonna keep being me. If you don't like it, then release me. So a little bit later on. He said that I saw a report that he was suspended. Mm-hmm. He's and so like okay, so he's suspended. So a few hours later, I I saw I saw I get a text from a friend says yeah Antonio Brown has been released. I'm like oh my god, what is going on here? Like in a matter of hours on Saturday, the the Raiders play on Monday, so they end up releasing him, and then he puts out this another video of him uh, looking at his social media and seeing that he's been released and then he jumps for joy he runs out in the backyard like he just won the super bowl from being released by the oakland raiders and then that was strange that was strange i don't know this guy loves himself more than anyone could possibly love oneself his ego is the size of I don't know. It's big. Uh, so a couple hours later, you know, everyone's on Twitter. So like, where is he going to go? Who's going to pick him up? And then the joke's like, oh, maybe here comes Bill Belichick and New England Patriots. We all laughed and had a good laugh. A couple hours later, we see a report. He signed a one-year contract with the, with the fucking New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. The goddamn New England Patriots. You know that old saying, the rich get richer? <laughs> but like what ha- like Jake like football wise he's incredible but as a person and a and a professional athlete he is a joke he's literally a joke where just you know he's everything you don't want to be off the field if you if you're an athlete uh, watching this guy you know on the field he's one of the most gifted wide receivers in the history of the NFL no doubt but so my question to you is, is it going to work in New England? How long does he stay in New England? Or does Bill Belichick just says, you know what, it's not working out and get the fuck out of here. It, it's going to work in New England because they don't screw around there. They're, they only have one mentality. They have mentality to win and nothing else. Mm-hmm. That, that's all it is. They don't, they, they're there to win. You do it their way and they win. That's just what happens. And to build on that, you know, there's something's happening because they traded today, about an hour ago, mm. uh, to the Jets. Uh, Demetrius Thomas was traded from uh, the Patriots to the Jets to make Jets. Uh, obviously the wide make receiver. Yeah. yeah. There we no, go. You know what? I, and I like that move for the Jets because I yeah. think they, they can get a, vet, a veteran guy to help uh, Sam Darnold out, you know, and, and, and I think that's a nice up and coming young team, uh, the Jets. I think they're going to be a. Interesting to keep an eye on. Maybe there'll be a sneaky team that will squeak in there in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I you know, 
obviously because of the time, uh, yeah, Antonio Brown didn't play on on Sunday night against uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they didn't really need. Which they didn't really need them. They beat them thirty three to three. I think mm. it was a just another blowout. So we'll see what happens in week two with uh, with uh, Mr. Brown in the lineup with Mr. Brady. Mm-hmm. Is, it, it should it, be interesting. It, is it, well, my question on this one, and we'll move on. Is this going to be kind of like a Brady and Moss thing, or just like I think so. Two? I yeah. think so. Yeah, but yeah. he'll be there for about a year, and then they'll move on. If but they don't it, like him, they'll they'll just move him on. If they like him, he's gonna make a lot of money if he doesn't yeah. cost shit. But whatever. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we can probably. I have a little breaking news from last twenty five twenty nine minutes ago. Okay. And it's asked to kind of go into our next topic. Okay. The Dolphins. Yes. Have worked out a former former lion. Oh boy, Dan oh, Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky. No, he's still running out the end zone. Um, <laughs> Dan, you're, you're going the wrong way. This they worked out our favorite player, oh, our favorite our favorite draft pick of all time, almost. Almost. Tease Tabor has oh, worked out God. today for <laughs> the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> and, and and if you saw the Miami Dolphins play against the Baltimore Ravens, they need yeah. all the help they can get. But yeah. Tease Tabor is not the answer. He is not the answer. <laughs> he, he, he's just a lot of questions. He's a lot of questions. But if you need someone just to plug in, plug in and play a position, sure, go for go. it. It's not going to cost you anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jake, yeah. let's we we got to talk about our team. We have the boy, to the, the boys in the Honolulu blue and silver. Mm-hmm. Pretty much going lion. In the very first week, in the very first game, Lions, I can't believe I'm Suck. saying this, Lions tied. That's right, yep. tied. The first tie that the Detroit Lions have been involved in since 1984. Just to give you, just to give you a heads up, I wasn't born until 86. So this was the, uh, uh, something new for me to view. But a tie. And Jake, if you saw that game, I watched the whole thing. There, there were there was good things in that game, and then there was bad things in that game. Yeah, let's start with the good things because that's All a right. shorter list. Uh, okay, it's, it's a yeah. much shorter list if we look at the positives of exactly. this game. Yeah, so. good thing. Well, we'll go back and forth. Uh, good thing for me is that I was very impressed with uh, uh, first round pick uh, T.J. Hawkinson. I thought he was outstanding. I think that uh, Bob Quinn really hit a home run with this uh, with this eighth overall pick. Yeah, no, that's definitely um, the highlight of the entire thing. Um, we had in the first half, at least, was kind of positive. Um, Matthew the Stafford first, looked like the, himself in the first yeah. half. Yeah, the first three quarters, it was all Lions. Yeah, no, he he looked decent all, the entire game. You know, yeah. just the first half, he did everything he was supposed to. Yeah. Um, we had decent corner play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was you know a couple mistakes here and there, but for the most part, first half quarterback play was was pretty good. Um, I saw a couple plays that our uh, brand new rookie linebacker uh, made. He had a, he had a sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that was a positive thing. He just earned us some stripes there, but J- J- Jelani Tavai, yeah, it was, yeah, he, he really whatever. stepped up. Yeah, yeah he, he he came out. Yeah, first half, 
there was those those positives that came out. It was um, that's all I got. I really yeah. <laughs> everything else overshadowed. So the positives. So okay, well I'll help you out with some of the positives. Yeah, obviously, please. obviously the relationship between Daryl Bevels and um, and Matthew Stafford looked good early on. You know, early. throughout the first three quarters, great play calling and big thumbs up to Matthew Stafford. For being an eleven-year vet and still running to get running to get those first downs and extra yards slowly, but he got it. You no, know, he got it. You know, so mm-hmm. like him, I was really impressed with Danny Amendola. I thought he uh, played first half. First, well, we'll say first three quarters. Oh God! No, you you, you got to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, it was okay. But but like but from that, <laughs> there's got to be. You know, you, we just can't have a happy, solid game all the way through. There's got to be no. drama. There's got to be emotion. Possible. There's got to be heartache. And, of course, the special teams play was just atrocious. Well, Jake. that special teams wasn't good. Running backs were not good at all. What do we average? Two yards a carry? Yeah. Get out of here with that. Yeah. Uh, that was terrible. Do we even have an offensive line? <laughs> do we, we put pylons around Stafford? <laughs> With that, Taylor Decker. Uh, oh, my hold on, God. Hold on. Knocking on the mic here. Are you there, Taylor Decker? No. <laughs> my God. If, oh, my God. If, couldn't if, stop anybody. If it wasn't. Could not stop anybody. If it wasn't him getting beat on multiple plays, it was him causing penalties. I know. It, it was, was one or bad. the other. But getting back to the special teams, the muff punt by Jamal Agnew. Come on, man. You're better than that. You know? Yeah. Ma- make a catch. You know, they build them up on the broadcast, like yeah. oh, Pro Bowl, whatever. Get out yeah. of here. Well, so well, so was Jeremy Ross back in the day. Okay. Ever, 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 anyone remember him? Exactly. Yes. Yep. So <laughs> I do. <laughs> so so from that, you know, we go we go to the fourth quarter, which the Lions gave up eighteen points in the, in one quarter. Eighteen. Right. Well, you can see the defense starting to break down in the second half where they just uh, couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. I, I mean, I, they, they had some good plays in this fourth quarter, too, but for the most part, there was no pressure on the quarterback. He had all day. You're making this rookie kid look like, hey, it's a college football game. Hey, I'm going to throw this, sling the ball around. Watch this, 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Watch this, 25 yards. They're just throwing the ball over the place. Yeah, yeah he had a pretty good well, wide receiver, but he just so much time, no pressure, bad coverage. It was yeah. just ridiculous. It was, and sorry to say, same old Lion-esque uh, type of play for the last quarter, especially. Yeah. They, you can see they, bits of it in the whole game, but it was just all fell apart. They really don't know how to close out a game because I really don't believe, I, I, I believe that they don't know what it's like to play with the lead and to keep a lead, you know, that late into the game. and how Yeah, to close don't, out don't call a timeout when you don't need to. You know what, and that, and that was going to bring me to my next point. Like, I understand Bevel is new to this organization this year. He was out. He wasn't. He wasn't even in the NFL last year, so he took a year off. He's back. He's got to trust his quarterback to make the right audible play at the line. The guy he did make the right play. He later. did make. The, he, he did. did. Ma- he did make the right audible call. He had the perfect play set up against that defense. Trust exactly. your quarterback. He's been there for eleven years. He, uh, 10 years this is this is his 11th year trust your quarterback and and i love seeing matthew stafford get actually pissed off because yes, i want to see more of that yeah he got pissed off but then he calmed down like like no yeah. no go yell just go yeah. get in his face and you saw you saw him on the sideline where he said trust me trust yeah. me you know 
Uh, I, I don't know what the, I, I, sl- I, I solely put this loss on Patricia and the coaches. Oh, for sure. You know, Stafford's dialed in and that's what make me, made me kind of, that was one of my positive was Stafford because he was dialed in. He knew what he needed to do. He had the game. Let, let him control the game. That's his job. Call yeah. the play. Let him yeah. figure out the rest of the field. That's his job. He's not new. He's not a rookie. This is his opportunity yeah. because he doesn't have that much time left. So, exactly. So now, yeah, they they tied, and obviously this the there was a tie last year between uh, the I believe the Vikings and the Packers, and those teams both finished uh above above the lions and 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 below the bears so who knows what the what this will do for the lions win total this year in 2019 i'll tell you later don't worry okay so (laughs) so obviously they they still have a lot of things to work on you know another guy who was pretty much invisible the whole game was uh trey flowers all that money that he's making and he was invisible I oh, that D line, that D line is supposed to be top five on paper. That D line, it, it did present. look great. It did no. look great early on. It, early, early. Yeah, but not great. They made Kyler Murray not look great. so. They they made him look like a child. Kyle, well, he is a child. Murray. He's like five he two. Come on. <laughs> How many more you know passes exactly. to the opposite you know for the defenders' it, hands it, need to throw? He can't throw it, over their it, heads. Exactly. And He's so five it, two. If if they invest all this money in the defensive line, you know, paying snacks and picking up Mike Daniels and paying Trey Flowers, and it, maybe it would have made a difference if if uh, Gerard uh, if Jared Davis was playing, but but still they they should have went to Arizona and t- and take care of business. Now you come home, a home opener, rocking crowd against the San uh, uh, L.A. Chargers. You know, and that, the yeah, they, they don't have uh, uh, Gordon because yeah, but they're still a dangerous team with a dangerous offense. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, I I know I know what is gonna happen. I, I'm gonna lay down my prediction if you want it. It's not gonna be <laughs> pretty. They're gonna lose by they're gonna by a lose lot. Oh, by yeah. a lot. Wow. Yeah. Let's do, well, we'll, all right. Well, well, let's go to prediction time for week two. Uh-huh. The NFL. So go ahead, Jake. What's your prediction for the Lions? Doesn't fucking matter. They're gonna lose by two <laughs> touchdowns. Who cares about the score? They're gonna lose. <laughs> so, so so it's been one week. It's already in the books, and Jake has checked out. And I, I'll talk about that at the end of the show. Okay. Because <laughs> that's that's my rant today. Oh, okay. It's a little teaser to your rant. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there you go. So Lions, good luck. Get your shit together. Put out a better effort and close a fucking game this week against Sandy um, L.A. Chargers. And that's and that's it for sports. That's it for sports. So, Darren, we had a little interview. Yes, today. yes, I did. Uh, Jake, Jake was MIA, uh, so I had to do this interview solo. But I think it went pretty well. We had a lot of great questions uh, come in uh, for our relationship expert, uh, Tina Brigley. So we'll play that right now. Here on the ADG podcast, we try to have many different people uh, people come on to do interviews in many different topics. This week, we're proud to have relationship expert and transitional expert and anything that you want to know about relationships, love, sex, whatever you need to know. 
Tina Brigley joins us on the ADG podcast. Welcome, Tina, to the show. Thanks, Darren. Glad to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Tina is well-known throughout, let's say, North America. She's pretty popular. You know, her social media is, is pretty, uh, She, you have quite the following. And my question to you is, why do you think people uh, find that connection with you on social media? Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for them. But what people say to me uh, is that I'm really relatable. And I always share my own personal experiences, what I've been through. And I've literally been through it all. So people find, you know, that really comforting to know that somebody's not only qualified in what they do, but they've also been where they're at right now. So they get to see me as somebody that, you know, they want what I have mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they want the tools to get that and I can provide that for them. So I think um, that's why they kind of follow me. I'm just real. That's right. So, yes. So, so give people a background. You're married, you have kids, but uh, uh, during your marriage, you took a separation from your husband. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was kind of living this really dream life. I have, you know, the house, the car, the kids, Mm -hmm. the money, the, the job, and I was really miserable and unhappy. And I thought that it was because of my husband. And so I ended up leaving everything and starting over. And what I discovered is that it really didn't have anything to do with him. It was that I was unhappy with myself and had no idea that I was unhappy with myself. I was searching for something, looking for something. Um, and what I was really searching for and looking for was myself. And when I really found who I am, I realized that I really love my husband and want to work on it. So after three years of being separated, uh, we, we took actions to really repair our marriage. And the rest is history. We're back together. We're, we have amazing communication and things are really, really great. Something we, we never experienced in our whole relationship. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what made you wanted to uh, want to be a relationship, uh, you know, help couples that are, that are married or have been together long-term, what made you want to help them? <laughs> so this is funny because I started out as a health coach but everybody that came to me was looking for relationship advice. And I'm like, oh gosh, no, like I am not the one to give you relationship (laughs) advice. Like that is not me, but I was helping women save their marriage. And then what happened was they were recommending their husbands to come see me. So then I started coaching their husbands. And what I realized is that it's all about relationships, but I was really resisting this transition. I kept saying, no, I'm a health coach. I'm a health coach. I'm not a relationship coach. And then finally, you know, my husband and I were having so many breakthroughs in our relationship with our communication and our intimacy and passion and all of that stuff. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I would have had these tools, things would have been a lot different. I would have saved thousands of dollars on a separation, (laughs) you know? So I, I finally, I had to step into that, even though people for the last year have been saying, you are a relationship coach. I was really resisting that. And so now I just really want to give people the tools to be able to have an amazing relationship, because I know when there's a breakdown in the relationship, it also um, creates a breakdown in other areas of life, you know, our health, our well-being, our business, our uh, our relationships with other people. It affects all of our life. So I'm like, I'm going to design a program that is going to save marriages. And so that's what I did. 
there, there you go. So, yeah. so, so it, it was kind of a, a beautiful accident how everything all panned. It was a beautiful accident. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so we did, uh, we, we talked about uh, you coming on our show and, and we put out a message to all our followers and our listeners on social media. If they have any questions, to re- uh, send them in to us. And a couple people did send in a couple questions uh, to me. So this first one is from Chelsea. And she says that I'm meeting my partner's parents for the first time and I'm super nervous. Any advice? Just be yourself. I mean, it's natural to have those feelings because ultimately I think we feel like people are judging us. Mm-hmm. And when you can just be with people and be interested in who they are, you get rid of those nervous jitters and you just get to show up as yourself. I just had a session with this about this yesterday, which is funny that that question came up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just when you're yourself, you really get to just shine and people see that authentic way that you show up for them. So, yeah, just be yourself. Awesome. Very good. They're so going to like you or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a, it, it, there's no point in changing yourself, you know, to impress, you know, uh, your partner's parents. No. Or whoever. Uh, this next one comes from Daniel. He says, like, I'm in a long-term relationship and it feels like my partner never makes time for me anymore. Oh, that's a good one. Um, And, you know, I see this a lot on social media. People complain about what's not happening in their relationships instead of really expressing how they feel about that. And, you know, it's relationships are all about communication. And when you come from that vulnerable space where you can really say, you know, I realize that you're busy in your life and you have a lot going on and I really love spending time with you. How can we create more time in our relationship? How can we spend more time together? When you come from that, you know, kind of angle, you see that there are different ways to get what you want in your relationship and you get to ask for it. Sometimes sometimes people are afraid of asking for it um, because of the response. And sometimes the response isn't what we expect. They're like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> like, you want to spend more time with me? I want to yeah. spend more time with you, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's not like you're doing this, you're doing that. And then people get defensive. You know, it's just like, wow, I really love spending time with you. And I really, you know, I really see that you're busy. How can we make more time for each other? Exactly. No, that's yeah. good. Uh, it, and also they, they said, um, another thing is maybe take a digital timeout when they're, when you're with your partner. Oh my gosh. That's so important. I don't know how many times I go to a restaurant or I go out in public and I see a couple sitting at the table and they're both on their cell phones. That is a perfect opportunity to share your day. I find that people are really disconnected because of social media. They're so attached to technology that um, they don't see what's right in front of their face. So I say, make it a point. I know we're, we're attached to those devices, but like put them on silent during dinner, put them on silent after like make an agreement. Okay. After nine o'clock at night, we're going to put our, our cell phones down. We're going to cuddle. We're going to watch TV together. We're just going to have conversation. That's not always easy for people. And it's so valuable. Good. Uh, Abigail writes in uh, saying, uh, I'm scared to talk to my husband about money. What's the best way to do it? So this is money is one of the biggest reasons why couples argue. 
And I mean, if I was talking to Abigail, I would ask her, like, what is the fear? What are you scared of? Because that's kind of like a really open-ended question. It might be that he's overspending or they want to create like a retirement fund, or I don't really know what it is about money that they're concerned with. And it could be that there's not enough money coming in, mm -hmm. but I always like one of my sessions with my coaching clients is, um, is really taking on the money conversation because that's how you build trust. When people, sometimes couples have this mother, may I, father, can I situation with money where they feel like they have to ask permission to spend money. That's never really healthy for people because we're independent and, and this is our life. We get to live, but the conversation really has to happen around money so that you're both on the same page and both in agreement and you get to create goals moving forward, you know, especially when it comes to retirement and savings and planning and vacation. So fear is definitely real, you know, and have the conversation anyways, whatever's there for you about money. That's it. Uh, Erica uh, writes in, uh, I think this is one that, that, that we were talking off uh, off air about you having you're going to do a podcast on this. Um, she writes in, I think my partner may be cheating on me. What should I do? Um, so I have very different views on cheating. And I think really just come straight out and ask, are you cheating on me now? People don't want to know the answer to that question. And a lot of people will lie and say, no, of course not. But really, infidelity is an opportunity for couples to really look at what is missing in your relationship. Because when people stray away, they're not looking for another person. They're looking for a feeling that they don't have in their current relationship. And again, people aren't open to communicating about this. So um, I would say to Erica, be be straight with your partner, you know, are you cheating and really watch the body language and the tone and what happens because when people are hiding something, it's really hard <laughs> to, to, hi to hide for a long time, right? Like, right. and if it is happening, they're also aware that you're onto it, right? And if, if there's a situation where you can say, I, I feel like you're cheating on me, you know, and I know that sometimes it's because there's something missing or there's something that I'm not giving you. What do you feel is missing in our relationship? What do you need from me? That's a whole new angle mm -hmm. um, because we want to get defensive and like, what a blah, 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 blah. How could right. he do this to me? And we get defensive, yeah. but really you get to be powerful in that conversation. Wow. It's a, that's an important thing to like, uh, to think about when you have to, you know, no, nobody wants to have, have that conversation, but you have to, you, you have to, because you can't just drive yourself crazy wondering it is my partner cheating. You know, should I say something? Will he, yes. will, will he or she stop? It's all in communication. And we're so afraid to have those tough conversations because we don't really want the answer. <laughs> You know, there's some people that are like, I think my partner's cheating on me. And unconsciously, they're actually happy about that because that would be their way out of the relationship if yeah. they want out of the relationship, yeah. you know, but they pretend that it's not. 
So, I mean, it works both ways, right? And it's just all in conversation. And if you want the marriage or the relationship to work, we really have to do the work to make it happen. That's true. And I have this last question from Stacy, uh, where she says, I've asked my partner to change a couple things about his behavior, like how he parties a lot and drinks a lot, but he hasn't stopped any of them. I know he really loves me, so why won't he change? So it sounds like Stacy is in the stage of like negotiation, you know, um, you're doing this. I'll give you this if you stop doing this, you know, and that never, ever works. Right. So it's the same thing as infidelity. I call it an exit strategy. People do things to avoid building intimacy in the relationship. So if he's going out to a lot of parties, not inviting her, there's something missing in that relationship. There's a breakdown that he's not even communicating. And the parties are an excuse to avoid really taking on the relationship. Because if, if we think about it, if you're, if Stacy's not being invited to these parties and he doesn't want to spend time with her, then there's something that's missing. So, and then she gets a choice. If he's willing to work on it, then great. And if not, oh, geez. <laughs> that's our nice musical interlude right there. That's our interlude. That's my timer saying, you're talking too much. <laughs> no. no, it's okay. Finish what you were saying. Uh, you know, it, and it's just, um, it could possibly be his escape. You know, sometimes it's partying, sometimes it's golf, sometimes it's working a lot. Uh, sometimes it's spending more time with the kids than with you. You know, we all have sometimes these exit strategies that we use to avoid intimacy in our relationships, but we're not even aware that we're doing this. So I think, you know, really having that conversation and letting him know what you want instead is really important. There can be a compromise. Sometimes negotiating doesn't always work. It backfires because they, nobody wants to be told what to do. So sometimes they rebel against that. Yes. But there are ways to communicate what you want and get what you want. Um, and he still gets to party once in a while. There you go. So to, to try to find uh, the middle ground is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, just uh, actually, I just I just came across this question that uh, uh, I must have missed, but I think this uh, is a good one because uh, I think all couples and relationships go through this. Uh, so we have a final question again from Julia, where she writes in and says, "I find myself getting crazy jealous when my partner talks to other women, even though I know it's nothing. How do I stop?" Oh, Julia, I love this question because really what's at the source of that jealousy, that insecurity is perhaps a lack of confidence. And I know we don't like to admit this, but when we start feeling really strong and powerful and confident, other women don't intimidate us, but that takes some work to really get to that place. We we do things unconsciously. It's like a fight or flight response. You know, that primitive brain is always reacting. It's the oldest part of our brain and it's like, it senses danger. So when your partner is talking to other women, you probably have an experience where you were cheated on in the past, or you had an experience where something happened. And now every time he talks to somebody, you're getting re-triggered, reactivated. So really understanding things that happened in the past that might be affecting those triggers 
being aware of them will help you to get rid of that feeling, that emotion that comes up. And also, like I said, um, really knowing who you are and owning your value. I don't even know you, but I already know you're amazing. And, <laughs> you know, I want you to know that it's, it's a real thing that people experience and you can also take your power back and be that person that's just going to be like, wow, my partner's talking to another woman and I'm still amazing and I don't have to feel threatened right now. So just that self-talk that there's nothing threatening you and everything is still good. That's it. So there you go. So we appreciate all the questions that uh, our listeners and uh, viewers of the ADG podcast wrote it, wrote in Tina, we thank you for joining us on the ADG podcast. Where can people find you? And if they want to get in touch with you, like, like if, if they want to get any advice, where should they go? So I have a website. It's uh, Tina Brigley.com B R I G L E Y. I also have a Facebook group called relationship transformation, unlocking the secrets to success where I post a lot of intimate stories and tools and strategies and resources in that group. And you can also just call me 519-819-3184. I would love to talk to you and really help you create whatever it is that you're looking for in your life. There you go. So there Yay. you go. So, so, so everything that you need to know is right there. Uh, thanks for joining us on ADG Podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Darren. That was fun. It was good. It was a lot of uh, good. good good information. She, she she has a very glowing, very warm personality when it comes to talking about relationships and uh, looking at looking at it from different angles. So it was a uh, big thanks to her uh, for joining us on the podcast. Awesome. Cool. Let's uh, switch to something different. Uh, let's do the top five. Top five. All right. And uh, this week's top five. I want to get uh, jump in time a little bit, a little bit. Since we talk about movies a little bit more, uh, because we do our little trailer review, which we will do later on. Um, I got a top five that goes back almost twenty years or so. Now this is top five best-selling VHS tapes of all time. Wow, what's a VHS tape? <laughs> exactly, exactly. For our younger audience, don't fucking worry about it. Google. <laughs> Google. I'm not explaining VHS to you. You're a few generations of technology behind. These, yeah, these were big rectangular-like uh, plastic bricks with film inside them that you would put into a VCR player. And they put pictures on the screen of a tube TV. <laughs> on a tube TV, yes. <laughs> All right. All right, top five best-selling VHS tapes of all time. All right. Of all time. Now, you can probably assume there's going to be a bunch of Disney on here because they sell a bunch of this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. But number five, Beauty and the Beast from yes. Disney. I think so, I, I, I think I still have that. Yeah, I probably do. It's in your collection <laughs> right next to uh, the princesses. Uh, uh, it's 22 million copies wow. sold. Yeah, and that was 1992 release. 1992. Mm-hmm. In 1998 comes number four, Titanic. Oh, yes. So, biggest movies of all time. So, 25 million VHS copies. And I remember that 
I think it was a it was a two VHS set because the movie was over like three hours. It was. It was crazy. So there you go. So so you get to the end of one tape and you're like right in the middle of it, like, oh, is, this, is the ship is the ship gonna sink? It's like, hold on, <laughs> I gotta put it in another tape. Uh yeah, they said I have to rewind it oh, right away. Man. All right. <laughs> Number three, twenty five million copies. Uh Aladdin. Another one from Disney. Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin. The good one. The, the animated one. <laughs> yeah, released in 1993. The one, the one with the true genie, not Will, <laughs> Smith, uh, Will Smith in blue makeup. Oh, we're jumping back to season one. That's right. <laughs> uh, number two, another Disney classic. Right. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Personal right. favorite of Darren right here. You know what? I, I, I always got a thing for the dwarfs. You know, always got to represent the little guys. So that was 1994 in the VHS debut. And The Lion King, obviously from Disney, is number one on our list, selling 32 million copies. Kuna Matata. Uh-huh. So that's that. That's, that's our top five. That's a lot of VHS tapes that are st- <clears throat> still out there I, 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 in, in I somebody's attic. Still... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's in someone's grandmother's basement, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm surprised, like the other ones that that you know didn't make the list, like Godfather, one or two. Well, I know. have a, I have uh, five more honorable mentions. Oh yeah, that's uh, uh, A number six was one of my favorite movies of all time, Independence Day. <laughs> Another that's Will right. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Between last week's uh, uh, rants about Will Smith's uh, uh, latest movie coming out and this, he's got a lot of airtime on our podcast. We should be getting paid. He's a billionaire. <laughs> All right. Uh, number seven, Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. Number eight, Toy Story. Yeah. Number nine, Damn Disney and Pocahontas. And number 10 is, again, in Darren's collection, Cinderella. <laughs> We all need that Prince Charming, Jake. So you can see people are buying up, used to buy up at least VHS tapes of all the Disney movies for their whole collections. One of my most obscure VHS tapes that I do have is a a classic comedy. I guess, I don't know if they call it comedy or dramedy, I guess you want to call it. was was White Man Can't Jump with uh, Woody Harrelson and Wesley uh, Snipes. Wesley Snipes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, great movie. Right. Very underrated movie. It is. It was very yeah. funny. Yeah, it's great. So that's that, that was a good job on the top five. It gives you a lot to think about. So so there you go. If I'm sure all those Disney fanatics out there have every single one of them on uh, on VHS. Yeah. There we go, people. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh, take a little break in our show and introduce you to a couple of guys from Los Angeles. For our music music feature today is uh, a couple of guys call themselves Young Goats. And they just released a brand new album called Goat Life Volume 1. (laughs) Right? Right. But but it's a mix like 90s and early 2000s hip hop type of style. And and they're from LA, so it's a cool vibe. You know, nice uh, drive around summer type of thing. And we could use some of that. It's beautiful outside today. Yep. Yep. And we're going to share all their stuff on our pages. Really cool song to listen to. What we're going to play for uh, you guys today is one of their main tracks. Uh, that 
It's called Take You With Me. And they have a music video for it. I've been listening to it for a couple days. It's pretty catchy. You have like 77,000 views on it. So, you know, it's pretty decent. That's good. Check it out. Uh, it's a really cool track. And uh, their album just came out this summer. Like I said, Goat Life Volume 1. And there is a lot of tracks in this album. There's 15 tracks in this album. You can download it anywhere you guys download music. Check it out. But for right now, we're going to play for you guys uh, their newest single, Take You With Me, Young Goats, right here on the ADG Podcast. Hey, I'm not a singer, but I'm singing mostly vivid. I would get to riding this song on the liquor far away, but in your spirit, I you screaming from Miami when I get you to my city. I'm taking you with me. Whoa. Okay, let me come right back, packing all my feelings, and I didn't even bring it back, showing all my thoughts to you, so back up, you enjoy the view, a couple things I never do, I'm saying all it all to you, but really what's new, haven't been here in a minute, time expensive, lose my senses, looking at you from a distance, with respect, don't trust parents, everything's I want to see, have to go the way to the ending, look, waiting on me, getting heavy, push that shit, I hope you're ready, we condition strong enough for people, since nobody stop and keep us winning, run around, doing deeds, gotta keep the head spinning, I'm swimming in the tears, We no middle, she bilingual, speaking Spanish as my signal. Intuition, collect crystal, something nipple, she blow my whistle, and I'm never holding back. Release my thoughts on you. You can't catch them, and you drop them, so hate me, cause you confused. New Quan in QID, blue cool, brown eyes, a tiger curse, the way to bring me to you. Going fast, but you can't hear him, so let me talk to you clearly and I, 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 love when you make my body high. Psychedelic in your mind, cognitive and go blind. Rolly diamond shots, so I'll never waste your time. I, 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 I just want you for myself, young and in a prime, real final line, dream chase, but I'm awake, far behind, chasing Drake, want the fame, won't trade it for anything, hey, and I'ma take you with me, roof open up in my city, hair blowing back. Now going hey
Young Swappin' Baby. Yeah. Young Swappin' Baby. I say, I say, I say, hey. All right, so that was Young Goats. Take you with me on the ADG podcast. Exactly. That, no, that, that, I think that was, that's a good jamming tune. That's a good uh, cruising song. Exactly. You got a little feel for it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Nice LA style. But yeah. All right. So let's. You know what, Darren? Yes, sir. What's our next trip? What's our next trailer for today? Ooh, we have a good one. And if you're a fan of the Terminator franchise, we have a brand new trailer from. That's uh, uh, I believe Jake uh, picked picked this one this year. Uh, the, <laughs> Pick this one uh, today. this week. This week. Uh, it's, uh, I believe it's Terminator uh, uh, Last Fate, I believe. I, believe uh, that's... I will tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Dark Fate. Dark Terminator Fate. Dark Fate. Termin- Terminator Dark Fate. See, we're already on the ball here. <laughs> When it comes to this, so obviously uh, Jake, you saw it, and I, yes. I, I've seen the trailer a couple times. Um, it's it's good to see Linda Hamilton back in the back in action. It's uh, yeah. she's, she's gotten really old. Yeah, but, uh, of course, but they're tying in uh, every, especially the uh, first and second Terminator more into this one. Mm-hmm. They're kind of tying up loose ends and um, kind of going back to original type of franchise story here. So look, you know, like what you expect from a Terminator movies. Like the second one is obviously my favorite. I did watch all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them were nonsense, but you know, some of them were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but this looks like you know more of a detailed and an over the top, at the same time type of uh, movie. Again, what are you gonna expect from the Terminator? Arnold makes an appearance. A bunch of one liners, explosions yeah. everywhere. A bunch of robots not dying. <laughs> exactly, exactly what you expect from the Terminator franchise, and I think this is going to be going, you know, one of the better ones. If you, you know, some yeah. of those movies just you know, watch and, you know, I, I, I really Terminator. Think, I really think for the the Terminator purists, this is, this movie is for them. If you're a fan of one and two, then this this one will be for you because I think they, you know, them reuniting some of the original cast back for this one. And introducing some new uh, some new talent into the franchise can always prolong this this franchise even longer. I don't know if, if there's another one in the works after this, but anytime James Cameron is involved in a film, you know it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and and they did go all out on this one, so a, a blockbuster, big budget type of movie. So <laughs> it's like enough, it looked good enough for me to actually want to go see it. Uh-huh. So I, I, what are we doing this out of five or out of ten? I don't remember anymore. Let's uh, well, three after, episodes in. <laughs> after last week, I was seeing red. Uh huh. Uh, so, well, let's just make it out of five. Out of five, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give it um, a three out of five. Like I, I, I want to go see it, but I'm not gonna miss it if I don't see it because I know I'll catch it when it comes out eventually. But I'm definitely gonna go see it one way or another. There you go. Uh. For me, I, I, I like the trailer. I've seen it a couple times. I've seen it, it uh, in a theater and also online. And, uh, yeah, like I said, like Jake said, a lot of great action. Obviously, you know, one of the great franchises of our of our day, you know, coming back. 
I, I would give this uh, I would give this a solid four out of five. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. So join us on the ADG podcast. We have a special guest, and not only special for for joining us on the ADG podcast, but he is one of the original members of the ADG club itself back at St. Clair College. Nathan Carr, you know him as Nathan Carr on 89X uh, Radio. He joins us on the ADG podcast. Nathan, how are you, sir? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, one of the, uh, one of the original members for, uh, for a brief <laughs> period of time. I think I was in some classes, yeah. Exactly. So we're all from the St. Clair College in the Windsor area and the in the room 80G back at the St. Clair College, the old building before they moved to the brand new uh, state of the art uh, mediaplex in downtown. But uh, but Nate, I want to get I want to get your thoughts on you going through the journalism program in 80G at, at, at the St. Clair College. You know what, man? Um, <laughs> not being a graduate of the program and having been there for the uh, the one year, I was thinking back to uh, to my time, and I was thinking, I was like, well, you know what? I maybe uh, I spent too much time at the pub and not in the classrooms. <laughs> uh, but the one thing, man, I, I really and truly got out of it was uh, was the radio class with uh, Dave Harrison there, um, who I know is still with the program, I, I, I believe, and. Uh, was somebody that kind of turned me on to radio and when I got in there and I started doing something in a, in a class that was primarily print, print heavy, as you recall, yeah. um, the, the radio side of things, uh, just kind of showed, showed me a new gateway, uh, to go and branch off. And I said, you know what, uh, maybe I can go do more of this and actually kind of pursue it. Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. Because from there you, you actually started at AM 800 as part of the 18 and the, in the promotion side, right? Yeah, dude, I, I came into this like basically all the wrong ways that you could do, uh, do radio. <laughs> I took the, uh, the, the longest road. I, uh, yeah. I had reached out to them um, at, uh, at AM800 and CKLW uh, at, at then Chum Radio Windsor. And I said, you know, I, I'm looking to go away for radio class uh, at Niagara College, which was where I was heading. Uh, and, and said, like, is there anything? Anything I can do with within reason and not sounding creepy, I, I just basically uh, begged myself out there and, and I ended up finding myself in the copy department just dubbing uh, old things on the AM, 8, AM 580 station, like the Elvis Hour and uh, <laughs> Sinatra Hour and anything brutal that they could throw at me was basically how, how I started cutting my teeth into the industry. Right, right. So so from there, you went to Niagara College for uh for, to hone your skills and your craft. And then uh, what happened after uh, Niagara? Darren, you got to stop. You're calling me special. You're telling me that I have these. Come on. Come on. You're, you're, you're a living, you're, you're a legend when it comes Dude, to I, I went to the pub a lot. Uh, <laughs> after Niagara was, uh, actually, I came back to Windsor there for a brief period of the time. Uh, they were thankfully, uh, I guess happy maybe to have me back uh, on the A team for a little bit. Uh, did a little promotion work uh, and, and just kind of kept bombing the resumes out uh, using the websites like Milkman Unlimited and, and just kind of scouring the web for that that first break. Uh, it wasn't coming uh, at, at CKLW or, or at any of the radio stations here at the time. There was no openings. Uh, it was tight. It was tough to get into, uh, and I found myself uh, all the way in the booming metropolis. Of are you ready for it, boys? Dryden, Ontario. Wow, nice. You know, hey, it, it takes a breaking news in Dryden. Dryden yeah. in the middle of cold hell. 
<laughs> There's an ice hell. That's where Dryden is. <laughs> so was that when you worked for Chorus Media? No, that was, uh, you know what, that was, a, I think that was a Acadia Broadcasting, Acadia Northwoods uh, up there. So that was, uh, that was before Chorus. Um, I ended up going uh, from Dryden out of there. I ended up picking a job uh, in promotions in, uh, in Cornwall, Ontario, which was with Chorus Entertainment. Okay. So what would you say your, your experience, like being in the promotional side uh, here in Windsor and then your craft, was there a lot of similarities uh, from being on-air talent to promotions? Because you still have to do like live call-ins and tell people where you are and what's going on, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it teaches you some of the uh, the fundamentals and maybe just how to uh, stay a little bit organized. Uh, maybe a little bit how to write, how to uh, flex some of those improv skills as well. Um, I started off, man, when I was doing that traveling trailer stuff, I was I was writing everything down and I was uh, thinking that I had to be, you know, uh, so picture perfect and, and professional. I mean, not that I'm not professional, but <laughs> I, I started loosening up a little bit uh, and doing a lot of it uh, off the cuff and observational stuff and, and just kind of having that experience uh, to get your foot in the door. And, and I mean, AM 800 was a huge station too, right? So right. Uh, you, you weren't reaching like very little people with a broadcast to having those cut-ins on. Uh, it, it was kind of like uh, you were on that big league station doing uh, doing those live hits for AM 800. And, and most of the time they were live. Oh, oh absolutely. So it's, it's kind of like uh, baptism by fire. Yeah, that's that's radio in a nutshell, man. If you uh, you sink or swim, or uh, you just get thrown into the fire, that's uh, that's usually the best way to learn, and that's uh, that's how I've gained a lot of my experience <laughs> through 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 massive failure. So, so from that, uh, talk to me about you doing the morning show with your your then co-host Gentry, and just tell me like the difference between doing promotions and little hits there to actually being on a morning show with someone else and being the first thing that people hear when they, when they're on their way to work. Well, I got lucky. Uh, I got lucky being able to work with her and, and somebody that certainly tolerated my stupidity to the degree that she did. Uh, we were kind of at the same creative mind. So it, so it made things easy to uh, roll in and work. Uh, it make things easy to get up for because 4 a.m., 3.30 a.m. still sucks no matter uh, mm -hmm. on the afternoons now and, and much, much happier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more well rested too. Uh, but in the mornings, I, I mean, in a small community like Cornwall, it's phenomenal, dude. You you really feel like you're kind of one of those in town, like small level celebrities. Cornwall makes you feel that way. You would be at the grocery store shopping, and people would approach you and tell you about things that they heard, or ask you questions, or in my case, call me an idiot for things that I had said. <laughs> they, you're, you're, you're much more uh, a part of their lives there, and, and they feel more comfortable to uh, come up and talk to you, I guess, which is, is pretty cool and something special that you find in the small market. Exactly. And I, I remember watching like some of your Facebook videos from your time in Cornwall with, uh, with Gentry. Like, how much of that was just off the cuff or improv skills, or, or were you required to do that, or is this something that you wanted to uh, – bring to the show and to gain more <laughs> listeners that was all us man uh it wasn't something we were required to do it was certainly something uh we came in and we replaced kind of a long-running uh morning show at the time 
So how were we going to make things a little bit younger and a little bit different for everybody? The other two had not really done a lot of the, uh, the video stuff or social media stuff too, was just kind of getting bigger at the time. Uh, so doing the video thing, uh, all that man was, uh, we'd like to say that most of that was one take. If it was terrible, it was still going up anyways. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to censor or edit ourselves too badly. If we looked stupid, uh, yeah. unless we're, Unless her hair was out of place, and she'll kill me for saying that, uh, <laughs> we we used to just roll with the, the one take. That we got. <laughs> one take wonder, I like it. Yeah, unless the hair was messy, then we had to get it, or the camera angle wasn't right. Sometimes uh, you got to be careful of that stuff, I guess. That's it. That's it. I wasn't Jake. gonna look. I wasn't gonna look any better, no matter what angle I was on. So we were, <laughs> we were comfortable just to just. You, you, you're probably just happy that you didn't break the camera. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I got into radio for the face for radio bit, and then uh, <laughs> radio's not like that anymore. It's uh, it's very social driven, and, and you gotta have that uh, that face out there. Right. Well, now that you mentioned that, I don't know if you heard our first season of our show. We uh, tried to engage our former program that has expanded to uh, being a, a giant three year program with an extra year of convergence, and knowing how that applies now, how valid is. If, I think their college's third year of convergence, which I'm assuming it's way more based on all different types of media. How does that apply to everything that you have to do? I mean, I think with all the competition out there on uh, on social platforms, you, you got to be very versatile, man. You got to be able to uh, adapt quickly. And uh, we see that a lot of the people that aren't adapting are, are the ones that are disappearing from the industry. It's uh, it, it's largely important to be, uh, you know, active on, on the Facebook and I called it the Facebook, which isn't a great example. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Facebook and Instagram and, and which I have trouble with, too, sometimes. And then there's Twitter and then you got Snapchat coming out. Um, there's a lot of things uh, to make a part of your show and, and to try and be on top of. Uh, is it crucial? Not necessarily, but it's certainly uh, becoming a bigger part of the world. Now, from what we have, something like we have to do, and I'm sure you have to do, is kind of engage your audience, keep them interested, so they keep coming back and watching or listening your show. Do you think? And from you know, we're we're on the same page. We've we've gotten some education on this. We we're out in the industry a little bit. You more than us, obviously. But how important is that? Because we know it's important to engage your audience. But how much should we engage your audience? Because I know the program does not teach that at all. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, coming from a small market, that's something that you learn is very quickly is really about everything you're doing in radio is engaging your audience. Uh, and that comes down to what you're doing on social media to how you behave in the community and going to these events and representing the station. Uh, you want to be able to talk to them. I, I find certain Facebook posts might seem a little simplistic and basic when it comes down to trying to think of what's a good example of, you know, the debates and the, the stupid debates that are out there on the internet. If people are talking about it, man, uh, throw it up there and, and get some opinions because that can always lead to bigger topics. It can lead to uh, different strands of a topic. Your audience has really become a part of your show. And if you don't make them a part of your show, then you're probably going to lose. Mm. Uh, that, that's that's, uh, that's well said because these those little factors is just is all about engaging the audience and getting their reactions either good or bad to either listen in and and turn on 89x to listen to you right. um, it's the instant current so they everybody knows exactly what's up to date and 
that's how you keep them around. Exactly. If you want to see some of the negative comments, just go scroll through our Facebook page. And <laughs> yeah, the, 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 those aren't uh, too hard to find. They're they're out there very easily. That's it's, okay. It's all it, in. I, I I love it either way. Exactly. So Nate, uh, just tell me a little bit about you decided to come back to Windsor. Uh, obviously, the opportunity at 89X uh, came uh, was available, and and then and then you got the job. Just tell me, like, what is it about 89X? Because because we know growing up in this area, 89X was like the station, you know, all the way back from Dave and Chuck the Freak, and we know yeah. where their where their career is taking them now. So, like, what was it about 89X that attracted you for that opportunity? And also, you got to like coming back uh, home to Windsor. I think really that it was becoming more and more a Windsor station. I mean, I found it hard to believe. Uh, when I had talked to some of my friends that they didn't know the station was based out of Windsor. And mm -hmm. for a long time, uh, it had been branded a Detroit radio station. So I think what kind of drew me uh, the most to it was uh, just the direction of uh, becoming a little more community focused here. Uh, still, we can't ignore uh, stateside and nor would we. We have a lot of wonderful listeners there uh, and all the great shows are going there as well. But we've become uh, more of this Windsor station and uh, being a local, having grown up not only with 89X, but grown up in Windsor, uh, it was a no-brainer decision to uh, to get back home. And plus, uh, I miss the freaking pizza, man. <laughs> it <laughs> is. I, I swear on the podcast, I miss the fucking pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. okay. We have the explicit rating. We're good. It's all good. <laughs> so, so, like, um, you got married recently. Is this right? Yeah, I did. I uh, I dragged my wife from uh, from Montreal all the way down uh, the 401. It's like, we're going down the street. Uh, <laughs> I can tell her it was eight and a half hours down the street, nine hours down the street. But yeah, yeah, we did. We uh, we got married last October, uh, and I'm nearly surviving a, a full year of marriage. Oh, well, that's always a good sign. You know, as long as you and Jake can tell you, he's he's been married uh, for quite some time. He 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 knows what it's like. I tell I tell you that stored away in the bedroom right now, basically whispering into my phone very quietly. <laughs> so, so how how is she liking the uh, living in Windsor? Yeah, it's uh, it's a change. Well, it's a big step up from Cornwall. So, well, yes. uh, we, we kind of uh, I I took her down from Montreal to Cornwall and then uh, brought her into Windsor too. So I put Cornwall kind of in the middle there. So uh, the transition wouldn't be as hard. There you go. So, <laughs> so, so, so there you right go. There. Thank That's you. <laughs> well, I, I got one for you um, to kind of summarize everything we've been talking about. Since we, we know there's enough journalism students listening to this podcast, even though they, they don't engage us because for whatever reasons, they're told not to. Uh, <laughs> now, what is your advice so for someone who successfully made it to where you are now into the industry, which is extremely hard to do? What's your advice to those guys? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, it is extremely hard to do, uh, but be persistent. Um, a lot of people are going to tell you no. A lot of people might tell you that it's not worth it. A lot of people will make jokes about money um, on the outside of things. Uh, sometimes it, it seems like, do you really want to do this? I tell you, man, I wake up loving what I do every single day. Every day is different for me. It's a bit of a challenge for me every day, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. This career has given me so many great opportunities um, to meet people, to uh, learn things and continue to educate myself. If you love radio, my, my advice is stick with it, uh, learn new things, always be open-minded to learning new things uh, because the minute you start closing doors, you're only closing them on yourself. 
that's, that's there you go. That's Sound advice. advice. Exactly. Uh, so, so Nate, we want to thank you for joining us on the ADG podcast. Uh, make sure uh, before I let you go, just just let the people know where they can hear you and what time they can hear you and and all that. Dude, I got to say, and I'll come back too, man. You called me special, told me I had skills. Uh, <laughs> see, that's, that's what we do. We kill you it's with sound, kindness here. sound advice. So, uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Uh, you can hear me uh, every day uh, on 89X, 88.7 FM, if you're unaware of the uh, frequency. I'm on from uh, 2 until 6, Monday through Friday, and uh, sometimes they kick me out of bed early on a, a Saturday, and I come in there too. So, uh, listen, we're changing, we're growing. 89X is sounding, honestly, better than it ever has uh, in my ears, and I'm not just saying that because I work there. I'm saying that as a fan of uh, new rock music and uh, a fan of what's going on here in Windsor. That's fantastic. Nate, we want to thank you for joining us on the ADG podcast. We'd love to have you back on again. All right. I'll do that, guys. Rock on. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Nate. Thanks, man. No problem. All right, guys. There you go. There's another radio personality that graced the room of ADG. So, hope you guys enjoyed that little interview there. Yes. All the way from Cornwall, Ontario. And now in Windsor. Back in Windsor back in winter awesome but you know what Darren? what's that well, let's turn it around back to football uh, for, 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 for a second here because i have to rant again okay and i have a garbage person of the week this week but i'm like eh, i gotta confess to something here okay uh, this is very important because last week i said something and i think it's stupid now and i was wrong and i'm willing to say it on this show <laughs> I was wrong. Hold on, hold on. We are recording, right? We (laughs) are recording. Okay. I'm going to cut that out. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, I I was wrong. And I was wrong on on only one level. Yes, the Detroit Lions look good on Uh paper. Uh Yes, there are some vitals there that they are capable of doing things. But my prediction last week when I said 10 and, and 6 in playoffs is so damn off. Because when you actually get to look at the product on the field yeah. and what they're – this team is barely going to win six games in total this year. Just by an eye test of what you see on that field, I was wrong in my, in my assumption. And I'm willing to say that. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to change week to week. Well, no, if they beat the Chargers this week, I'll be like, oh, my God, yeah, playoffs again. No. Mm-mm. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. You just – I took a loss, basically a loss, because a tie is not a win, so it's basically a loss. It's not a win. And it doesn't get you any further. Now you have to win more games. Mm-hmm. So, And in this division, with Green Bay being Green Bay, which, you know, looked like it had a decent defense, and Chicago's had a decent defense, and Minnesota just throwing points up on the board all over the place. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think we'll be getting out of the basement this year either. You know, so. you know yeah. And obviously, you have every right to rant about that uh, because, like you said, it's, it, takes, it takes a win away, and we have to find another win somewhere on the schedule. But when it, when it comes down to it, like, how many wins will it actually take to win this division, though, Jake? Ten. You think ten? Minimum. Yeah. I, I, There's I think no 10 I, wins on the schedule. I, I think nine will do it. No way. Because the Bears don't look that great. Uh, Vikings, yeah, they look great. But 
it's one game and Atlanta is trash. Well, we have to play the Bears, the uh, Green Bay, and the Vikings six mm-hmm. times. So there's six losses, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know the, the old saying that that a division game is worth two, because, right? You know, so right. So plus you have to play the Chiefs, not okay. winning that one. Wow. Okay. So yeah, but, it, it doesn't look but, good. But but them playing them at home, you always got you always got a shot when you're playing at home. Yeah, we had a shot of winning this last game too, and uh, you lionized it. So, <laughs> like you played a college team with a superstar running a wide receiver. That's all they had, and you got shut down mm-hmm. at the end of the game. So, I don't, I don't believe in this team anymore, just because of the eye test. It's not that's not going to change, even if they beat the Chargers this week, which they will not. But that's just that's just how I feel, and uh, it's official. Fuck the Lions. That's it. I'm still gonna watch. <laughs> Jake is done, but he's still gonna watch. Still gonna watch. You know? Not winning anything. I'm still watching. <sighs> so much, for, so much for being positive into the football season. After week one, they they didn't win, but they didn't lose. They tied, and we're <laughs> we're like we're done. Fuck this team. We're done. Well, they they did it in a lion-esque fashion. They did it. It can only happen to the Lions. Right. Not one team, not your Cleveland Browns, not your New York Giants, not your not your Jacksonville Jaguars could do what the Lions do. Nope. Not even shitty-ass Miami with East Tabor <laughs> hopefully sure on their staff. He's going to blow. Oh, my God. So, I, there you go. Exactly. Because I would rather lose by 50 points like Miami did than, than lose the way we did. Exactly. Like giving up 18 points in the fourth quarter. That's right. uh, well, Jake, this has been a fantastic episode. It's been a good one. It's been a good yeah, one. We had some great music. We had some great interviews. Uh, if you want to check out more of the ADG podcast, we're everywhere. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media. We're there. And every wanna, podcast app, every podcast, iHeartRadio, we just got on. So for all you Android users out there, Check us out, ADG Podcast on on iHeartRadio, iTunes. We've been there for since the beginning, so check check us out there. And if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or a suggestion for a top five, email us adgpodcast at gmail dot com, and we'll we'll definitely try to get it up there. There you go. So for episode three of season two, I'm Jacob, and I'm Darren, and this is. Wow, wow, fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep that bit for next Spice. year. Next year. Spice. Uh, what was you, I trying to say? I don't you, know what I was you, trying you, to say. You, you were trying to say, and we are ADG. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and this is CBS. And this is, like, and this is what, CNN? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, no, no. All right, don't, hold on. Don't pay me enough for this podcast. All right, so for so for the ADG podcast, I'm Jake, <laughs> and I'm Darren. <laughs> we are ADG. Yeah, we are. <laughs>